settling into 2021. Welcome to it, hitting it hard. Thanks for joining the show. There's going to be some sound problems halfway through. I'll alert you so you can adjust your graphic equalizer and carry on. Do your best thinking. Here we go. Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another hour of fantastic critical thinking. Goodness, fresh, wrapped right out of the cellophane. You can uh, unwrap these ideas being unwrapped. It even has new car smell. <gasps> uh oh, you what? brought up new car smell. Was I not supposed to? Um. Well. Of course, I'm going to have to share an anecdote. Oh, please. Okay, so listeners, by the way, my name is Patty Payette. And my name is Brian Barnes, and I had no idea this was going to go so serious so fast. If you have whiplash, please send your claims to Critical Thinking for Everyone at Forward Radio, 106.5 FM, WFMPLP, Louisville, Kentucky. Just tack them like Martin Luther's theses, theses, I said, onto the door of the Hayburn building, we will we will deal with your injury. <laughs> uh, we'll see how long they stay up there. We will see how long this anecdote is. Okay, new car smell. Mm. You know I have a new car connection. Because I am just intrigued by the gravitas of this whole presentation. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tom Payette is your new car smell. Listener. Listeners, I grew up a car dealer's daughter, very different from a coal miner's daughter. <laughs> One would imagine. Car dealer's daughter. And so, ergo, we had to drive on long trips in cars that were still new. Sure. Which I know, crying on my behalf. But... <laughs> But eating or drinking in the car, it was like, don't do that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because these were cars that had to be sold. So you guys were just borrowing the car for a road trip and then selling it as new? No, they would be called, they're demos. They're called demos. demos. So you all were demoing it. My parents are driving these demos, right? And so we can't, you know, any, God forbid you spill. If you spill, your life is over. Wow. In the back seat of the car. So <laughs> we would go on these long, long car trips and the new car smell. How would you describe that? How would if someone asked you to describe the new, a new car, or just in general, that scent? Fresh. Okay. Me, you know what I do when I get into a car and I smell it? Turn on Vom- the air conditioner. Vomit. Vomit. <laughs> because it seriously makes me nauseous, and here's why. Because we would okay. go on long car rides, yeah. and I would get car sick. So now the new car smell makes me nauseous. Gotcha. Which, which is probably like a first world problem, dub, capital F, capital W, capital P. I actually think that it's a human problem. And let and me tell you why. Why? Well, I mean, you as the victim of the substance <laughs> must know what new car smell is. Oh, like, what is it? Like plastic, like new plastic or paint or tox- some kind of toxic substance. Yeah, that's I'm exactly sure. what it is. It is the off gassing of all of those 
enamels and resins and plastics and rubber artificial things seals and stuff in the car all of that combined with you know some mild fragrance is what we all think of as um new car smell and it's one reason why it's relatively universal right because all of those parts off gas in very standard ways no matter what model car it is and so that what we associate with uh, new car smell is really uh, VOCs, vol- volatile organic compounds, off-gassing into our bodies. And so I was basically being poisoned my whole childhood. I was being poisoned by these gases. with the new car, yeah. And I mean, I find, I really, I find it quite a refreshing scent because I didn't smell a lot of new car smell growing up. Um, or even as an adult, I remember when I got my first new car, I was like, oh, now we're talking about something. Smell this. I mean, that's the sort of bias I was rolling around with. So, yeah, I mean, I think the stuff's pretty toxic, but it's also um, it has positive associations wow. here in our capitalism that we're soaking in. This is what capitalism smells like, friends. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, you know, so my dad's thing was always, I got to sell this car. What are you doing? I got to sell this car. Oh, what are you doing? So that, you know, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? I grew up with with it. With a little, with a little new car smell pressure. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it literally makes me nauseous. You know, Tom, they weren't all winners. Not every, yeah. not every parental action was a winner. And viewers, if you think I'm way pampered car princess, I totally get it. <laughs> probably Sorry. That, Sorry. Probably the two things could be true simultaneously. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down to earth and. I could be a little bit of a princess. Okay. Well, um, words to the listener. Uh, Warnings are out there now. If you engage the critical thinking princess, uh, who knows? uh, She may become (laughs) nauseous. This is a real possibility. All right, man, this took a right turn. You just brought up that phrase, and it just triggers me. Oh, I could tell. I could tell. I mean, the music associated with this piece should let everyone know about the weight of that entire segment. And we just want to let everyone know this, like everything else, this is unplanned here at Critical Thinking for Everyone. If you are looking for an opportunity for your own weekly improv theater experience, 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 experience <laughs> then I would recommend pitching your own show to Forward Radio. We would love to have your input and put your um, improv attempt on our schedule weekly and you can yeah you got to audition opportunity yep yep you got to make some some pilot episodes and audition and then uh, we pretty much say yes to everything because so far it's all good all the stuff's good all of the programming has just been has just been worth listening to wow wow programming okay by the people for the people you hear it right here from brian barnes my co-host um so Let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, because people right now probably think it's just stream of consciousness it by is. you guys, just stream oh. con- thinking out loud. It's our thinking out loud, folks. That. Welcome to the jungle that is our minds. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, luck. Okay, so tell them. So tell them. Okay, so today we are going to, Brian's got some jokes, cue I the laugh track. To the last track. He's got some jokes, which we love to analyze, brings together our analytic and goofy sides. That's a that's great when you can get that, achieve that. 
Mm -hmm. Then we've got some critical thinking in the news. Um, and we always welcome your critical thinking items, throw them at us. And then I brought a really interesting article about emotions and critical thinking. And so we're going to revisit that, you know, perennial topic that comes okay. up. Okay. And um, we got some good stuff and see what else stream of consciousness comes along down the stream. We'll grab it out of the water and shake it for the listeners, see what's in there. We definitely have some um, we definitely have some extra stuff to bring. Today is nothing but extra when it comes to critical thinking. So is it we because we have the new administration coming in, the new uh, presidential team? Uh, well, maybe. I mean, you know, critical thinking um, you know, looks at this in all kinds of interesting ways i have to say um we're gonna we're gonna be very very attentive to what is happening with the new administration and uh trying to figure out if what we really have is something that is a uh, substantive improvement um over what we've um what we've been concerned about for so long in terms of evidence-based decision making in politics in terms of um maintaining um positive progress on social and environmental issues you know oh maybe a lot of, we're not we're not sure that that's all been going in the right direction so we're looking for some shifts there and we'll be we'll be calling out the good thinking and the bad thinking when we when we need it i do think that i do think that um adding huge amounts of force to the inauguration tomorrow is a fantastic bit of thinking on someone's part, if only for one very important piece of evidence. It's not the only piece of evidence you need. I would not say by itself, it is the only piece of evidence, but it is a piece of evidence that causes me to think that I would want under the circumstances to add a huge amount of um, defensive capability to tomorrow's um, inauguration which will of course been over by the time this show airs yep so we'll see we'll see if there was anything to worry about do you have any idea what my concern is my one piece of evidence uh the one piece of evidence that caused your concern let me guess was it that i don't know what was it what was your evidence it's that, it's that as of my understanding when we air this which is on tuesday thursday uh, no, I mean, I'm sorry, when we record this, rather, yes. Tuesday the 19th, so the day before the inauguration, uh, my understanding is that as of today, it has been announced that no member of the Trump family will attend the inauguration. Mm, okay. And so that causes me to think that that's more than um, him I mean, that that could that could easily be a harbinger of something very serious because we don't tend to see that in the exchange of power. Of course, this whole thing has been super weird in that well, regard. It, yeah, you could interpret that as a harbinger, or you could also just interpret it like they're losers, and you know they 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 don't they nothing's going to save face here, and so they're you know so I'm not worried about it. I'm really not well, worried. About and it. that's okay, but I'm just saying I think that I think that that that's probably um, a good reason to follow the logic through and maybe and maybe be more concerned. But of course, I'm sure there are plenty of other reasons for concern. So. Well, 
Okay, well, let's see what happened. That's interesting. You you have a different read on it than I do, and that's life. So um, uh, I'll be interested to see how it goes tomorrow. I'll be interested to see how long it takes the former POTUS to leave these United States for a visit elsewhere. Oh, that's fascinating. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. All right, well, let's see what's going on in the world of Critical Thinking Show. Bring them on, Brian Barnes. You love your jokes. Here we go. You ready? Yep. A bear walks into a bar and says, I'd like a beer and a packet of peanuts. The barman says, why the big paws? <laughs> Adorable. Tell us why. Adorable. Tell us why. Uh, well, because the play on words, of course, is very cute. And you are waiting to find out why there was a big pause, meaning break in the action. Yeah. And big pause. And then you go, now you know why it's a bear. Now you know why it's a bear and not a moose walking into the bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh. that's a little switcheroo there. That was cute. I'd good. call that one cute. Do you your think delivery, that your delivery is pretty good, Barnes? Oh, thanks. I practiced that one in front of the mirror for. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Your your delivery is pretty good. You're Appreciate better than that. Well, let me ask. Let me ask though. On a critical thinking note, as opposed to a performative one, do you think that this joke provokes? a kind of shift in thinking that is something that we could call critical thinking. Is there anything in there that we can, that we can pin to critical thinking as opposed to just thinking? Um, well, when the bartender says, why the big pause, then your mind makes an interpretive move to the double meaning of pause. Okay. And that's an implicit move. Like we we might not be thinking about having done that. Right. Unless maybe we're talking our way through the joke or if we're doing something like this, like some analysis. But but we would have to do that. Right. In order to get to the in order to get to the. Yeah. Punch. Yeah. And I think I think your delivery helps. I think your delivery helps. If it had been delivered poorly, it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have stuck the landing. Okay. Okay, that's worthwhile. Thank you very much for that again. Um, okay, so so this is this is one that I that I look forward to your response to. A large company, feeling it was time for a shakeup, hired a new CEO. This new boss was determined to rid the company of all slackers. On a tour of the facilities, the CEO noticed a guy leaning on a wall. The room was full of workers, and he wanted to let them know that he meant business. The new CEO walked up to the guy leaning against the wall and asked, how much money do you make a week? A little surprised, the young fellow looked at him and replied, I make 300 bucks a week. Why? The CEO then handed the guy 1,200 bucks in cash and screamed, here's four weeks pay. Now get out. Don't come back. Feeling pretty good about himself, the CEO looked around the room and asked, does anyone want to tell me what that goof off did here? From across the room came a voice. He's the pizza delivery guy. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Obviously, some assumptions were made. Yes. And that cost, I don't know, that, that pizza that delivery costs. guy probably wasn't making 1200 bucks often. Yeah. On one day. So that was a pretty good day for him. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Assumptions we make about the way we interpret the world around us without asking the right questions, precise questions. Wow. Yeah, that's right. And and it ends up, in this case, making the new CEO look very foolish, right? Yeah. In this case, following through on that assumption and believing that he'd, you know, knowing nothing about the situation, right? Having really no information, just believing that he understood something when he did not really will end up, I mean, in the world of the joke, will end up costing him quite a bit um, in terms of, I think, staff perception. Well, and you know, here's the thing, Brian, we are so easy to jump to, we jump to conclusions, we assess the situation, we make assumptions, we like, remember I told you yesterday that I was kind of irritated about something? Do you remember what it was? Uh, something, something in our home. So, oh, yes, because you had some uh, work being done and it was taking longer than you expected. Well, not only that, but the work we had done failed on the very first day after they oh, left, after, right. ma after yeah. making us wait for several weeks to get it done. So I was a little hot under the collar. As a critical thinking, I like recognized, okay, I'm hot under the collar about this. This company has, you know, small family owned. I, you know, I've had good service leading up to this, but they're not communicating well, they're not, this product failed. I was like really irritated and like, you know how you can really work yourself up to being really angry Easily. and wanting to chew someone out, right? But I, I really caught myself because um, one, I've learned, you know, as an adult, like those, that doesn't get you anywhere. Yelling, chewing someone out, right? It doesn't actually help the situation in most cases, not all, not all cases, but most cases it doesn't. So I checked myself, but I also knew as a critical thinker, aha, I, there's the fact that they're not communicating and these things happen. There's a story here. Like why this brand new product? Like there's a story here. So I could go with my assumptions. I could get angry. I could demand things, but you know what? There's a story. So I really checked myself. I got on the phone with him and you know what? What's up? He said, I asked questions. I said, oh, yeah. I, I started asking questions and guess what? Turns out he's the owner and they're way behind and he doesn't usually do installations, but he's trying to get caught up because he's, you know, and so he's doing this and that. And hey, did you know when I came to your house and I thought this was the case, but then I found out it wasn't. So I had to spend two hours doing this to get this installed. I said, no, I didn't know that. Huh. So, so he filled me in. But if I had just chewed him out or gotten mad, right. that would not have helped the situation. And so we're both frustrated, yep. and but we both came together. I asked questions, and so I was so happy when I hung up the phone that I used critical thinking and didn't just fly off the handle, but I decided to get more information and check my thinking. I think that's wonderful. Thank you, critical thinking. Yay, critical thinking. Well, and so speaking of 
asking the right questions and understanding the circumstances. The next joke I have didn't work out probably quite as well for the protagonist as this situation did for you. Really? A cop pulled someone over and said, let me see your driver's license. The person replies, I wish you people would get it together. One day you take away my license, and the next day you ask me to show it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's clever. Garrison yeah. Keeler book. That's clever. Well, yeah, Garrison Keeler's all over it. Um, I did have another business joke I think that's worth worth thinking about. Um, this is probably useful for someone's, uh, for someone's work today, actually, I hope. There are two rules for succeeding in business. Yeah. The first one is never tell them everything you know. Ah, I saw that one coming. I'm sure you did. I saw I that one coming. I hope that it provided great insight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I noticed a common theme in these jokes from the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, things like don't don't tell them everything you know, and then you don't share the second second thing. Yeah. These jokes are kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they they also play with the whole nature of jokes. Like when you put that pause in there, you put okay. that pause, you know, there's like, there's a, there's kind of a level of um, uh, subverting even the delivery of a joke, kind of like playing with that whole thing. Cause like there's a rhythm to jokes. There's a, you know, moose walks into a bar kind of, right. There's like a, 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 a template that we tend to fall into. So these kind of play with that in a, in a fun way. Oh yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, so I think we yeah. should probably move on. But well, but, uh, well, hold on. I mean, I've got some I've got some musical jokes I wanted to share. Oh, I know, a lot more jokes. Yeah, I know you have um, musicians in your family and stuff, and you know musicians. Uh, some musicians listen to the show. Just a couple. I think I just have three. I did also have a very a very short adult joke. So these are all very short, but I think that I think that um, I think that people enjoy them. Let's just see. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them, um, but they do do a lot of this thing that you're talking about, right? The subverting things that we think about with jokes, but also, I think what people see with these short jokes as a as a collective is that you have to think differently. You have to change what you think you know about the content in order to get the joke. And in most cases, there's no way to get it unless you do that. Okay. All right. Um, what do you call a building full of guitarists? A building full of guitarists. Um, no, I don't know. Jail. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it? No. That... I think that the idea is that a lot of people in jail might have this ability to play guitar as if guitar, I think the joke is that it's something in common with people who might not do anything productive with their lives. Really? I think that's the joke or that a lot of criminals play guitar. Okay. But of course, but of course this isn't true, right? But that's why it's funny. All it's right. Like well, readers, readers need to weigh in. 
Oh, that's good. Well, let's see what they think about these others. Um, or listeners, I mean. Well, either way. How long does it take to tune a viola? Do you know anybody who plays viola? Oh, like my daughter? Oh, does, is that the, this is, so she might know this. Okay, let's see. Okay, do you know? Have no. you? Nobody's bothered to find out. Oh. Oh, see, bad, bad, bad assumptions Aww. about violas. Bad assumptions about violas. Since that was the response I got to that one, I'm going to skip my third music joke. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else to impugn the viola. Yeah, come any on. Other viola sounds beautiful and mellow and lovely. We appreciate your commentary on the joke. Um, I think I think you're right. I think it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Woo! Jokes! Brian, your jokes are always interesting fodder. Garrison Keillor's jokes. Uh, well, I said always. I would say almost always. <laughs> Sometimes they're very if dull. If I'm being honest. Sometimes they're very dull. <laughs> no, I would not say that. <laughs> Sometimes. No, no, dull wasn't the word. Um, yeah, well, at any rate, we would love to hear from you, as Patty said. We would love to hear from you about our jokes. Please reach out to us at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. You could also, of course, email the board of directors of Forward Radio directly. They will pass on your comments to us. <laughs> if you can figure out who that is. Yeah, um, you might be emailing us anyway, but yeah, not. Yeah. not nah. All right. right. Well, let's move on. We're moving on. In, are we moving on into the news? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So nice job. Thanks. Thanks. I will have a more robust, robust. I kind of like when you do sound effects too. It's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. Homegrown, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. We like, you know, we talk about, you have to do your own critical thinking. Maybe you also have to do your own post-production sound effects. I wondered if, given your only child, you had to learn to entertain yourself. Well, I was also very popular with older people, as it, that didn't sound good. Hey, everybody, it's Brian, and I'm really sorry to report that thanks to the miracles of modern technology, the sound on this show is about to go straight down the toilet. Get ready to adjust all of your... Um, you know, soundboards or whatever to enjoy this thing. You're going to have to crank it up and maybe put some bass in. And I don't know where it all went, but it went. And so please enjoy the rest of our show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll just be doing all the sound effects by hand this this time. <laughs> it's for everyone. Thank you. With older people, as it that didn't sound good. At any rate, when I was an only child, I had um, a lot of people to entertain who wanted me to do various funny things like like you know tell us jokes or <laughs> show us what they did on the tv show or you know here uh you know sing a song i mean i was forever like the entertainment really the well you know that because yeah. you definitely have that side of you that performer side of you and i wondered what in your childhood sort of facilitated that it was definitely encouraged church uh church was heavily performative as it tends to be am i right am i right <laughs> anyway um so I, I i spent a lot of time with that kind of stuff um in school also of course there were you know well i'll tell you one interesting anecdote since we're sharing interesting anecdotes it's not new car smell or anything but um when when i was um a senior in high school 
I was totally inspired by this teacher, this English teacher that I had. And um, they had this drama club. And I knew of it, but it was not anything I was interested in before that, right? But he, I found out this guy was the was the head of it, and they said you go and you like you do these competitions, like like reading poetry and like yeah. doing scenes Monologues. out of monologues, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know if that sounds good, but I really liked his class, so I went to the tryout, and I made it on the team. And short story long, I ended up getting these college scholarship offers over these scenes from plays I was standing up there doing on Saturday mornings, just unbelievable. And people were like, where'd this guy come from? And I was like, well, I'm on the football team. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, see, I, I remember telling you, not probably the last two or three years when we started the show, because you have a natural performer thing to you, decide to you. And I remember saying to you, have you, why aren't you doing drama? Why aren't you doing more in performing? And you were said like, you said, you dismissed it. Like, I don't, I was never really good at that. That's what you said. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, it probably is not, yeah, that's probably not accurate that I wasn't good at it because I did spend a lot of my childhood as a, a sort of minstrel figure, um, yeah. singing and dancing on various, yeah. various venues. But, um, and I really enjoyed that, I suppose, all the way through high school. But when I got to college, um, it seemed like you had to make some real choices to be serious about that kind of stuff where I was in yeah. college. Yeah. And I wasn't interested in putting in any time in being more serious than just just crushing it in the shower. Like I just wasn't interested yeah. in doing anything more than that. And, um, as a result, I sort of moved away from all of that stuff. And, you know, as you start to read the history of Western philosophy, performative stuff is trivialized, you know, so much uh -huh. as, as being shallow that uh -huh. I started to develop a certain, I don't know, I mean, a certain taste that just didn't, didn't privilege that as much as it had when I was younger. I mean, when I was in college, I was in theater and stuff. I, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, doing all those things. I, I thought it was good work, but just as I got older, it just wasn't as important. I, I mean, I think now it is again. I mean, I think I've come back around to that, but, um, for a long time, I was just interested in sort of super serious, heavily intellectual, probably very, very boring stuff. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it really, it really took me, frankly, it took me um, doing this interdisciplinary PhD, which I had not intended to do. I'd intended just to do a straight philosophy, whatever. But I really think I benefited a lot as a human being from doing that interdisciplinary PhD because it forced me to look at things like art seriously. And I was in rooms with people who were ready to defend aesthetic expression for its own sake, and I got in those fights a lot, you know. And um, and, and it really changed the way I'm – I have a very, very liberal view of what art is now uh, as Good. a result of that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I think, yeah. anyway, probably nobody cares, but you listen to our radio show. If not, tune out, right? We don't need you. We're here for anecdotes. Well, <laughs> we do kind of need you. All right, then let's, let's hit them with the news. Let's do it. All right, what you got? Oh, you want to know what I got? Well, I'll tell you what I got. I got something from the BBC. It's actually five simple ways to sharpen your critical thinking. 
Really? Yeah. It's a little news. It's a little, it's from BBC four. Um, and it is a, um, uh, it's just five ideas and it's a little video, but it's, it's, it's recently, uh, it's recently, I think two weeks ago, something like that. All right. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, um, it gives you, it gives five ideas. It tells oh, us wait. to be aware of confirmation bias. It tells us to embrace nuance and complexity. It tells us to practice intellectual humility. It asks us to check our sources, and it wants us to avoid fallacies. These are all things that we've talked about on the show in one sin, in one uh, at one time or another, and they don't have very much in there because really, it's it's just I think it's more intended to be an informative video, um, but it does um, I think you know it's it's right on point. It's these are some suggestions that are worthwhile, and it gives some um, you know some easy to understand examples. Okay. So that's the news. If anybody, are you going to post the video for people who want to know? Yes, I am. I'm going to post all of this stuff this week on critical thinking for everyone. I, I hope you do. Okay. Absolutely, I'm going to. Um, so I've got that, and I've got um, I've got a couple of letters to the editor um, in the news this week. Again, people might not necessarily, um, you know, care or whatever, but um, there is this one from the Greeley Tribune. Um, so we have, uh, this week we have letters to the editor. Uh, one is called, we need to better critical thinking skills to challenge irrationality. That's from a publication called the Greeley Tribune. We also have from Alaska, the Anchorage Daily News has a letter to the editor, uh, about critical thinking. It's not very long. Um, I just want to let you guys know these things are out there. Uh, the only other one that I want to mention is the Times Standard uh, says that um, these recent U.S. events, I think we all know what the big headlines have been lately, open up opportunities for learning about critical thinking. So if you want to check out these opinion pieces, um, then you should... Look at critical thinking for everyone on Facebook and click those links that I'm going to put there. Are you are you going to really going to put them there? I really, I really am going to put them. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. Okay, so I wanted to share a fairly recent article from last week and some recent related research. That's about three years old, okay. but. It's about emotions. Okay. And, you know, we've talked about emotions and critical thinking over the last couple of years. It's come up here and there. They are uh, challenging. Yeah, but this article is, the title is, There's a Dark Side to Looking on the Bright Side. Here's a Healthier Antidote. A Dark okay. Side to Looking to the Bright Side. And this is by Laura Gallagher, Ph.D., from fastcompany.com. I like their I like their articles. They have some good stuff. Okay. And there's something I know called you've some of their stuff before. I know I have brought it. I I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to diversify, bring more stuff in from different places. Uh, but this article is about toxic positivity. When I say okay. toxic positivity, what do you think I, that means? 
toxic positivity, I think that that means um, maybe someone who won't look at reality or who won't acknowledge reality, but instead is always trying to push a kind of Pollyannic narrative um, on others and on their surroundings. Would that be something yeah, like that? Yeah, so it's sort of like, uh, sort of a, what they say, it's a well-intentioned, toxic positivity actually suppresses negative emotions, right? So it, it tries to sort of bury negative emotions and instead, well, look on the bright side or, you know, just kind of sublimate anything negative, right? Okay. So, so you're focusing on the positive while you're also ignoring, suppressing, or avoiding anything related to negative emotions. Okay. So what, what does that do? It invalidates real feelings like fear, anxiety, sadness. And it turns out when you invalidate those feelings, what do you think happens? When you invalidate them? Yeah. Fear, well, anxiety, sadness, you, you don't I mean, kind of honor them. What happens? Yeah, they end up, they end up usually sort of um, concentrating and becoming a problem later. Right. They can they're sort of they can still sort of be there, but sort of put swept under the rug. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, and also like you don't really you end up because they are under the rug. The extent to which they are at play is often unknown. Right. And it can take a real toll on your mental health. One hundred percent. So so they actually cite this study that found that accepting negative emotions and thoughts without judging them. See, that's the thing. Leaning into the negative emotions actually is greater psychological health, right? Because what are you doing? Instead of sweeping it under the rug, you're sort of letting it flow through you, right? Or, or you know, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but you're right. So you're often, you're owning it, you're acknowledging it. It's part of the human experience, Right, you're you're um, you're letting that feeling. You're actually experiencing the feeling. That's the key. Yeah. Well, and of course, there's nothing critical thinking can really do for us to make to just make make us be unable to feel those. Right. We can't eliminate that, even if we wanted to. No, but 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 but. Here's what we can do. Let's use the example. Let, this is a great example. Let's use the example when I was super irritated about that improvement project in our house and the company yes. retired. Yes. Okay. So the negative emotions I was feeling were disappointment, anger, kind of like confusion, feeling somewhat disrespected because I wasn't getting communication, right? Those are all really negative emotions. So what did I do? Not only did I tell myself, you know, I don't have all the information, so cool it a little. Yeah. And you know what I told myself? What? In the grand scheme of things, this doesn't mean anything. In the This is inconveniencing me now. Right. In my first world lifestyle. Right. That I want, you know, my home that I want to try to improve. But right. in the grand scheme of things, this does not matter. Right. So critical thinking can help us. And it can help us how we frame those negative experiences. It can help us how we understand them. I'm irritated right now today, but you know what? In the big scheme of things, this is not worth a lot of my energy and, and sure. anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is important. And when people, some of my students ask me about, 
you know, is critical thinking uh, something that you can do fast? And it is the case that you can do it fast. It's just that before you do it, you have to do you have to do something else that's slow. I mean, we have to be able to get a little distance or a little bit of space in order to make judgments about this or that response, which would be appropriate for critical thinking, which is which is kind of what you're talking about here. Right. And so I had to put effort into reining in my irritation and to give myself a space between my irritation and my critical thinking mind, which was like, okay, you're irritated. I got it. This is not a really a big deal. It's okay to be irritated. Fine. Be, you know, be inconvenienced, but no, don't, don't let it decide your day. That's, that's, that's the thing. Right, right. They also talk about the fact that toxic positivity in the workplace or when you're on a team, if people are not willing, leaders are not willing to acknowledge negative things, it really erodes trust. Like if you feel like your leader or, you know, someone is, is whitewashing an issue or not hearing the negatives, boy, trust is really eroded. So it's. So uh, a critical thinker, a leader needs to be willing to hear out the stuff that's negative, which is hard to do. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember, you know, I used to do some um, manual labor um, and I was on a, a work site once with another friend of mine and the guy running the project, we were running some little teams or whatever of people and we were meeting with him to give a progress report and we walked up and this guy he was kind of a he was kind of into new ways of doing leadership like he wanted to be an unconventional leader oh boy and one aspect of that was um he was very positive like he was always this is some years ago i mean yeah yeah always well always things were good like, even if things weren't good, they, he was always trying to bring them around to, you know, the, the good spin, right? And so we walk in the room, this guy and I, and we had, I don't know, I mean, at the time, I don't remember all the details, but, you know, my stuff was going okay and his stuff wasn't. Like, he, he had some real questions that had to get answered before he could get his stuff done. And we walked in the room, and the first thing out of the leader's mouth is, don't tell me anything negative. I don't want to hear any bad news. And I mean, I kind of laughed, right? And my friend, I don't really remember what he did, but he didn't bring up any of the negative stuff. And after the meeting, he was furious. He was just furious. And he fumed for hours about the fact that the guy had forbidden us to bring up anything that was negative or any bad news. Like, because he, he didn't want the authentic truth, right? He didn't want, no. <laughs> That's not what he said when he was questioned about it. He said he didn't want the negative energy in the project. Oh, so that, that's a great example that people will. But just if you don't acknowledge them doesn't mean they're not there. I think that's like the takeaway. Not acknowledging your negative feelings doesn't mean they're not there. Sure. And so they talk about here to avoid toxic positivity, you want to make sure the person truly feels heard and validated for whatever it is they're feeling. Yeah. Including yourself. This allows them to go through the natural bell curve that emotions follow, process the negative emotions, and move through them. 
After this happens, a discussion can move to talking about solutions of what you can do to help, which I think is a great reminder, whether we're talking to our partner or someone at work or Brian, I'm venting to you or you're venting to me about something, which sometimes we do as friends. We listen to each other process of a negative experience and just be there to support and hear it. It's like, okay, let, let that person sort of process it, get it out and, and sort of, okay, phew, I said it. Okay. Now focus on solutions. I think that's a great reminder. Yeah. Well, that, that can be really helpful to a lot of people. Um, let me just take for a moment, let me just take the side of the, the, um, the toxically, the toxically positive person. Yeah. Um, positively toxic. I'm not sure how you'd say it, but anyway, that person, um, sometimes those people are trying to maintain a certain level of morale, perhaps a certain kind of mental state. I've heard from a few leaders who try to do this kind of thing. Like what the person I was talking about, I've talked with that person at length about this since then. Um, and they they claim to be trying to do something that is positive in leadership, right? To to really to take the negatives and push them into their own space, such that that doesn't contaminate kind of the work culture or the environment surrounding the effort. Okay. Well, well so okay. I just wonder, as a you know high level leader, what do you say about that idea? I know that you. Uh, I think. I think. Um, I think that's great. I think that's very astute. And here is how. Here's how I, as someone who's a project leader, might shape that. If somebody wants to has some negative feelings or experiences, sometimes it's about. Okay, what's the purpose of this conversation? Because sometimes it's about timing, right? So the purpose of this conversation is to take care of, make this decision. If people want to talk about this, oh, okay, I'm hearing people want to talk about this. Let's put that over here and let's talk about what are some questions that we're not thinking about. Well, let's list the questions that we haven't asked that you are noticing are creating. So, so part of it is shaping not that they can't bring it up, but how and when do you bring it up in a way that actually isn't a lightning rod, but more like sharing a perspective that's really going to fill in a point of view about this project. Does that make sense? It does. I just wonder if you have a sense of when that becomes avoiding or maybe it seems like someone's trying to push something off that ought to be dealt with immediately. I mean, how do you deal with someone who wants to talk about it right now, but you have these other reasons that you just suggested for putting it in a different space? Um, I would say frame your concern as a question. That's a great critical thinking move. Okay. Give us frame an example. Your concern. Okay. So somebody says, um, we're working on a project and someone says, well, we'll never get, we'll never get approval for this. We'll ne this, this will never get funded. Why are we wasting our time? I don't, I don't want to, I don't, we should not spend our time here. I don't, I don't, 
this isn't, this is not realistic. It won't get funded. Okay. So then I would say, okay, frame that as a question. So then the person like, what's the, okay. So my question is why, why are we doing this? It, why are we spending our time on this? If the question, if the funding is uncertain or something like that. Okay. So then, so then what that does is it allows me to clarify the why and the purpose and the logic behind where I am in the conversation. Okay. While giving them a chance to be heard. So then I actually saw someone do this at leather leader. This was really adept. This situation like that, you know what they did? They said, we're not at the feasibility stage yet. We're still in the ideation stage. Mm. We'll get to the feasibility questions. I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to get to that. But right now we're just in the ideation. Then we'll get to, and I thought, that's a great way to, again, organize, let people be heard, but not just let it be a free-for-all. Sure. sure. What do you think? Is that a good, is that a good example? Does that well, give I, you an example? What? Yeah, yeah, it is a really good example. I, I still think, I, I mean, I like it. I think that, I think that it definitely does the work. I am just wondering about some, you know, some people rightly or wrongly will feel like they're being um they're just not being heard and and while i agree that that is a very good way to handle that i'm just sitting here thinking about all of the different ways that this um that some of these strategies could uh result in someone saying well i'm not being heard and then what I would do about that. But I think that's probably a topic for another time. I just bring it up because it's 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 the thinking that was just provoked yeah. in, while we were talking. Yeah, so. and I think, let me just say this. This is hard. It's hard. That what you The scenario that you're bringing up about, uh, about trying to lead a conversation or a project and how you deal with uh, and how you handle and how you manage different points of view, including negative ones, That that's something I feel like I've, I sort of have developed some strategies as a leader over time. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I have it all figured out by any means, but I think um, for me, one of the one of the most um, insignificant things we can do is be aware that we have to make room for people to be heard. So, yeah. however that is, whether you, I've I've even done a thing where I'll give you another example in a meeting. You, you give out a set of questions, you ask each people, in a big meeting, we ask people to all write down some ideas to answer the questions first on their own, then sure. share. And of course, we didn't have time for all 10 people to share everything. So I said, now I want you to, before you leave this room, write down anything else you wanted to share on this topic or this question that we didn't talk about, and I collect those. So that way, again, not everybody gets to speak on every single topic, but there's ways you can get people to have an opportunity to just lay it all out. That okay. was the strategy I've used. Nice. That sounds like a good one. I hope that when people hear some of our strategies, they um, will try them out um, if they think that they sound attractive and maybe we can, um, maybe we can, uh, you know, hear some reports back on critical thinking for everyone on Facebook or something. Yeah. Well, um, so I love that. And I, I do want to share something from the research that this article cites, um, because I thought this was really good. 
I thought this was a really good way to think about emotions and critical things and how we handle them. I agree. Long so may I share, may I share that? Yeah. Yeah. I wish you would for sure. Okay. okay. So this article, by the way, this is, uh, the psychological health benefits of accepting negative emotions and thoughts, laboratory diary and longitudinal evidence. So they had people keep a diary okay. uh, for two weeks about their experiences, including negative experiences of their day. And they revisited after six months about the process of people filling out surveys and, and documenting and sort of owning those negative feelings. This is what they said. Negative emotions and thoughts are common to everyday life. Facts. And individuals can respond to these mental experiences in different ways. While some people tend to accept their emotions and thoughts, others tend to judge them as inappropriate or bad. So that's key. Do you judge a negative emotion as bad or do you accept it as part of your day uh we propose that the ways in which individuals approach their mental experiences accepting or judging them has the power to shape individuals day-to-day -day lives so um with possible cumulative effects for longer-term psychological outcomes the present studies were designed to address core unresolved questions regarding the mechanisms that account for the benefits of acceptance, as well as the scope of those benefits, their generalizability and their specificity. So they're, they're trying to figure out what makes the difference in accepting your emotions and does it have long, you know, so when I said that I was irritated the other day, right? Like I just said, okay, I'm irritated. Right. I that's just where I am today. I'm not going to be here a month from now or a year from now. This is just where I am. To, I, like, I'm not trying to push it off on someone else. I'm not trying to talk myself out of it or invalidate it. That's important. I think it's super important. I mean, there's no way for us to deal with any of the content surrounding our emotions that might be stuff that we could deal with right intellectually if we don't acknowledge um that we're really having these experiences whatever whatever that means i mean for a lot of people they want to say things like well these are just um cascades of chemicals so they're not so so they're not real i shouldn't take them seriously it's like well you're weeping on the floor i mean chemicals or not like there you are right that's that's a you know, all of that stuff should be processed with intellectual tools. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a friend who lets me process without, uh -oh. without judgment. Oh, sometimes, I do my best. I, I judge you. Ask, you judge me in private. Yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> but sometimes you ask me good pointed questions that help me. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, I do think the questions are at the heart of our good thinking and I appreciate you doing the same thing for me. Um, we should try to develop, some relationships with people in our lives where we can where we can just feel comfortable asking questions you know yeah. a lot of people don't feel comfortable asking questions of anyone including themselves so i mean we're we're lucky to have that opportunity yay and we like to share it with our listeners with the greater population and we hope that you have enjoyed this sharing that we've done of our critical thinking ideas uh, here on our radio show this week uh, it has been a hoot for us and i want to thank patty for bringing all of the cool research and great preparation um such that we thank have cool for all content. your juicy stuff oh no for sure the the um i'm happy to i'm happy to help out but i do really like that 
Um, you bring some stuff that's slightly more serious than the jokes. I mean, just slightly more serious. But anyway, uh, the thinking's going to get tough. We have some tools. If you want some more of our tools, they're in SoundCloud. Go to Critical Thinking for Everyone in the Forward Radio SoundCloud link. You can also find us uh, on iTunes within the Forward Radio family there. Uh, we have 140 back episodes where we go through various critical thinking tools. Oh, yeah, and various critical thinking scenarios. And we would love to share all that stuff with you for your greater thinking, pleasure, and success. And if you think, my God, that sounds like a lot of work, let me just tell you, friends, people have been doing this for a long time, and these tools are for everyone. Even you. It's Brian, and I'm really sorry if that hurts your head. Um, I mean, not if it was hurting your head from doing deep thinking and excavating all that gray matter in your melon, uh, metaphorically, of course, uh, in order to get to the sweet, sweet, critical thinking fruit. That hurts, but not uh, like uh, sort of constant ringing in your ears hurts. And so we're going to get on that sound. You know what it'd help? I mean, if you're really invested, if you really dig it, if you think, ah, what could I do to help Brian in his post-production woes? Well, you know, donating to Forward Radio is not bad as a way to start. I mean, you could throw a little cash Forward Radio's way. You could go to forwardradio.org. And I mean, I'm no neoclassical economist, but I will say that there are trickle-down effects that will hit old Brian, your critical thinking for everyone technician, uh, if you can uh, throw that 20 bones at forward radio. And I think they will re result in the long run in some really fantastic radio effects for your amusement and your listening pleasure. And dare I say, your education and edification as a thoughtful contributing human being wow dare i say well we can hope friends